Swanson to first. Braves are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back. It is episode 107. It is a new week of For Future Considerations. It is the Pete Sampras and Steffi Graf episode of For Future Considerations. Welcome, everybody. Grab a cold one. Enjoy your day. I hope you haven't worked too hard like our boy Manny over here, but, you know, get a chance to, to take a break here and, and talk some sports with your boys. Manny, I know you're you're sweating already. I am sweating. Hold on Rash- a sec. Rashad, how are you? Good, 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 good. Things are great up here. The Owen Sound Attacker winning six in a row. Yeah. Look at oh, you. Hey, I'm all excited. Must be the Jumbotron. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you go in there and uh, and let the, the coaching staff know that uh, they got to give 110% and take it a game at a time and uh, and all that good stuff? All your good <laughs> hockey advice? <laughs> That's right. If you don't guys, if you guys don't have a good first period, I'm not putting up the make noise graphic in the second. <laughs> <laughs> you want birthdays? I want a lead. John Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> you got to earn that. <laughs> John Rashad. How, wh- Coach, when did the season turn around for you guys? Well, when we had a full-time Jumbotron operator, <laughs> John Rashad, changed the course of the season. You know, early on when he was playing Go Knights Go, we were a little irritated, but <laughs> he really found his groove in the middle of March. Hey, what the heck is Pete Sampras and Steffi Graf have to do with? Oh this? yeah, that's right. really going to ask that. What is the one hundred and seven? We drifted that from all there. About? So they won the one hundred and seventh version of Wimbledon back in nineteen ninety three in the men's and uh, women's singles. Wow! Wow! Yes. That's cool. You had to dig deep for that I, stuff. I, look, Pete Sampras is my neighbor. I, I talk to him every day. He's like, oh, I, I hear you're coming up on uh, 107 there, Maddie. <laughs> yes, Pete, we'll mention, uh, we'll mention Wimbledon. Don't worry. <laughs> this guy, I tell you. John, how many Wimbledons did Pete Sampras win? Oh, Ooh, good question. Is it a good yeah. Oh, I thought you guys might know off the top of your head. Pete Sampras is your neighbor. Yeah, I mean, we John's don't... the biggest tennis fan in North America. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Well, I was going to say that that Wimbledon in that year, like we had um, like Staffy Graf, probably Jim Courier, people like that. But I don't know. I don't know how many Sampras won. He is one. Take a guess. I, I've got it in front of me here. Num- the number of Wimbledons how many Wimbledons? How many Wimbledons? Four. I'm going to say five. He has won seven. Holy. Wow. 93. Crap. Look at this. 93, 94, 95. 96, he was dog shit. 97, <laughs> 98, 99, 2000. Sorry, wow. Pete. <laughs> that, that 96 campaign was embarrassing. <laughs> Your neighbor's really going to give it to you now. <laughs> Never won the French Open. It's oh, clay. Yeah. Yeah, Clay. Clay. Yeah, yeah. Never won the French Open. Hey, yeah, if he won that many, could we call him repeat? <laughs> oh, oh my God! Well, great show today, guys. The OT Thanks is for- coming up on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening in. But on that note, we are ending early. Oh, Just well done. <laughs> we we did have two shows planned last week. Yeah, but our OT guest. 
had to cancel at the last minute. So we only, only had one last week. That's so right. sorry about that. We will have two this week. Yes. Promise. Well, we just finished them off in regulation last week. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, we didn't need extra no, time. No, 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 no. overtime. Yeah. <laughs> but last week, if you want to listen to the regular show, it was uh, it was a great one. Uh, we talked about the baseball lockout. Is, this, is that still happening? <laughs> is there still a lockout? We I've still lost can't interest. Figure out. I've lost interest. I haven't, I haven't read about it at all. Last I heard is reporters were basically <laughs> trying to get players to say no to this deal. So I'm sure we will talk about <laughs> <laughs> the baseball lockout uh, on this show as well today. I try to get Jeff Passan on the show. He declined, actually. Yeah, well, really. Yeah, yeah. That seems to be something that he's doing on a regular basis here. Yeah. Decline, decline, decline. <laughs> Jeff's a good friend of the show too. That's too bad. That's too bad we piss him off that early in the show. Pete and and Jeff Passan already. Yeah. Already gone. Unsubscribe. This is a stellar show. (laughs) That's right. So, yeah, we're going to get to baseball. But first, we have huge headlines in the world of football. Wilson breaks a tackle. Russell Wilson with a tremendous individual effort for the first down. Gerard Mayo couldn't bring him down, and he turns it into a nine-yard gain for Seattle. There was a blockbuster trade in the NFL on Tuesday as the Seattle Seahawks traded Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick. Guys, do you like this trade for Denver, Seattle, or even both? Huge haul. That's blockbuster. A, that's a huge haul. That's a I, blockbuster with a capital B, Rashad. I felt like this was Kevin Costner in in the Cleveland Browns front office on draft day, <laughs> just giving away all this shit to get somebody. <laughs> that's such an underrated movie. That's such what a, a great movie. What a great movie. And you know what's going to happen? And, and and mark my words, Denver somehow is going to get all these picks back. <laughs> And they're they're still going to get a good player. <laughs> Look, I mean, good, you know, for the Denver Broncos, we've known for a long time that they have been looking for a quarterback. They have been desperate since they lost Peyton to find a quarterback that was going to fit into that scheme that could be a long-term guy. And, and Russell Wilson checks all the boxes that they're looking for. They've got a real good defense. They have an excellent offense, considering the fact that their quarterbacks have not been very good over the last year. I'm surprised that they make this move because of how that division lays out. Like They're just basically jumping themselves right into uh, the Bears' den with the moves that they've made, and they've given up a lot of future earnings to try to do that. But... I mean, you only make that move if you see a window. And, and for Denver, uh, this might just be either the clock is ticking on a few people and they've got to do something, or they think that they've got a team that can at least get in and challenge. So I I like the deal. Players and drafts and all that stuff aside, I like the deal for Denver because you, you took a chance. If this doesn't work out and it blows up in your face, you at least swung for the fences. And, and I always respect that from a GM. How many times have we heard everyone say that Denver is just a quarterback away from being an upper echelon team in the NFL? Mm -hmm. Now that they have their quarterback, they're making a run here. But I don't know if they're, if it gets them over the hump Mm -hmm. because Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are there. Um, The Tennessee Titans were the number one seed last year. Joe Burrow took the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are still there. So that is a ton to give up to, you know, even just get into the playoffs Mm -hmm. because that's all it really 
it doesn't really guarantee anything, but it moves them that much closer to getting into the postseason. If I'm Seattle and I'm going, I get two firsts, two seconds, a fifth rounder, and three players, even though one of them is awful and Drew Locke, mm-hmm. then you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make that move. Yeah, And now I wonder who else Seattle is going to ship out. There's no need for DK Metcalf anymore no. if you're rebuilding. Trade him for a couple of first rounders mm-hmm. now and and really speed up your rebuild that way. Like if if that's the haul that Russell Wilson cost, I'm glad my Philadelphia Eagles didn't make that move because that's crazy yeah. expensive. Yeah. When you I mean you look at their their numbers, there's a few things that stand out. I mean, they end up seven and ten. They lost their last four games. So they were around 500 for the majority of the season until they fell off. Their net points was plus 13, which is surprising, again, considering their their offense is overall not very good. I mean, they scored 335 points in the season, which is absolutely in the bottom half of that that playoff order. But you make a good point. So the Pittsburgh Steelers get in at 9-7. and So you've got to somehow turn that around three games worth and hope – somebody falls off to get in. You're going to have to win 10 games to get into the AFC playoffs. So is Russell Wilson three games better than your quarterback was at the time previous? Probably. I would say yes. I would say yes. But like we're saying and having these conversations, that's just to get in the playoffs. You know, is are the, are the Raiders going to be there next year? Some questions there. The Patriots are probably on the up and up. They, what I would assume, are going to be in. The Titans will be in. The Chiefs will be in. The Bengals will be in. That's five right there. So you're really fighting for the last two teams or the last two spots. And really, you're putting all your eggs in the basket because it's going to be up to you whether you get into the playoffs or not because of the teams that you're in your division. You're going to play KC twice. You're going to play the the Chargers twice. You're going to play... um, uh, Who's the one I'm missing? The Raiders twice. So, I mean... In that, that's eight games of your 17-game schedule or six games of your 17-game schedule. You go 6-0, and oh, you've changed everything. You go 3-3, three and three, you're not getting anywhere. So it's a it's a big gamble. I, I like it. I don't know about the timing, but if, if you're going to go for it, I, I, uh, I tip my hat for the attempt. In the other big news in the NFL, we have some Aaron Rodgers news, actually two pieces. Him and Shailene Woodley went to a wedding together on the weekend, so maybe those two kids have a chance. And he has signed a four-year, $200 million Wait, 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 wait. Whose wedding was it? That I don't know. I got to look that up. Because that's big. If it's like a family member or somebody, if it's just like a friend and they were looking for somebody to go with them, then, you know, whatever, maybe the mutual friends or something. Aaron Rodgers gets into like a Hollywood thing. Maybe he's trying to get into the movies or something like that after this. But if it was like a family, that's big. That's big. You we guys gotta have get been look, watching 90 Day Fiance into, too much. I got to look into that a little bit further, You John. guys are talking about who goes to weddings now. <laughs> What has this show become? Rashad, is it Hamza and Memphis's wedding? Was it Hamza and Memphis's wedding, Rashad? Who are these people? Hamza's a good cat. You know what? If Hamza was here, he may not be able to contribute much to the show, but really neither do I. So he'd be, at least be a decent enough guy to carry a conversation. I always like Hamza. Tell me you have a legit question, John. So Aaron Rodgers signed a contract. Oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, football. <laughs> <laughs> he signed a four-year, $200 million contract to stay with the Green Bay Packers. What do you guys think of the signing? 
Four years for $200 million? He's now the highest paid player in NFL history. Was this all a sham the last two years to become the NFL's highest paid player? You got to find out who his agent is if that's the case. Really? Like a power struggle to become the richest man in the NFL? Like, Uh is this what this is about? Like, the Packers are obviously paying for two years because there's no way their window is four years long. He's an... He's a repeat NFL MVP. Mm-hmm. He's won 13 games the last two years at least, and probably even more than that. I can't remember off the top of my head. But there's no way their window is that long. They're basically paying him for two years. For sure. But I don't like the deal for Green Bay because they're way over the cap. Even though Rodgers' cap hit comes down with this new deal, they're tagging Devontae Adams, yep. and they're not re-signing other big pieces on the team. That leaves huge holes for this team to be really competitive. If you're a team guy, don't you take – yeah, you'll get paid, but mm-hmm. a less expensive deal to ensure that – you can sign a Devondre Campbell or ensure that your secondary is still competitive enough mm-hmm. to compete with all the other offensive teams in the NFC. I do not like the deal for the Packers at all. I mean, you're going to put $200 million for four years in front of Aaron Rodgers. He's, of course, going to take it. I don't think he was ever going to go anywhere, and I find it really hard to believe you want to be the Packers GM that trades Aaron Rodgers. I don't think they buy into Jordan Love or, or where he is in in that growth uh, part of, of his career at all. So, um, I mean, for for me, the number and and you mentioned it in in your uh, response there, Manny, that that amount of money, you're going to have to at some point bite the bullet on it. It reminds me of Miguel Cabrera's deal with the Tigers that when he signed that massive extension that I think goes till 2041. Um, the the contract that he's got sitting on there is like, we're doing this for now. We're going to deal with it later. But if there's a championship in there, it's going to be worthwhile. It, but I don't think Green Bay necessarily putting all this money into the pot for Aaron Rodgers gets any better. I don't know where they're going to find improvement and, and where they're going to be able to move some of these guys around because of that that salary cap. So I, I feel like they're going to have to lose some guys. They're going to have to try to find some guys for free agency. And the Packers have always been kind of those glue different guys in and see if it's going to work. And it hasn't worked. And, and you can see that in, in Aaron Rodgers' playoff record, not alone is, is uh, MVP. So, I mean, for, for him to make the deal, he's obviously going to take the deal. I'm not sure that that's really the answer in, in Green Bay. Yeah. You had a ready-made solution already with all the off-field crap that yeah. – you know, the GM would have trade could have traded Rodgers, gotten a haul, especially with Clearly. what you saw Denver give up for yeah. Russell Wilson. Yeah. You could have gotten a haul. You had Jordan Love already, mm-hmm. and you could have filled the other holes on your roster. And all you had to do was say we didn't like the off field distractions. Yeah. Yeah. Now now you I don't even know if they're they're better than the defending Super Bowl champions in the Rams. The Niners are still pretty good. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys are still pretty good. If the Cardinals can figure out their quarterback situation, that's a pretty good team as well. So are the Packers the best team in the NFC? 
I would say no. No. Their saving grace is all along has been that division. That's a terrible division uh, that they should win, and they will get a, a decent playoff spot out of it. But most importantly, Rashad, it was a teammate of Aaron Rodgers' wedding that they were yep. at. Apparently, Shailene Woody. How do you say her first name? Shailene? Shailene. Yep, Shailene she was wearing a long black gown with her hair styled down, and Rogers was wearing a black tux with his hair pulled back in a bun. Yeah, what does right. this have to do with the price of eggs in China? <laughs> I mean, come on, Aaron, you can put some gel in your hair. It's two hundred million dollars. You don't have to wear it in a bun. David Bakhtiari. So, is that a big enough wedding that they've reannounced themselves as a couple, or is that just that's? Uh, I think that's uh, Aaron Rogers' best friend on the yeah, podcast. they're. Uh, that's an important wedding they might be back together who cares (laughs) oh sorry so with all this quarterback (laughs) news (laughs) which which division is the best division in the nfl now do you think well russell wilson leaves the nfc west to the afc west Mm -hmm. where you have mahomes justin herbert and Derek carr like the Chargers are on the cusp of making the playoffs there too. Like they are. That's, that's a pretty good football team. Yep. I gotta think that that's the best division in the NFL, don't you think? I mean the the NFC West is going to take a hard punch in the throat <laughs> yes. from this one. I, I would have had no problem saying the NFC West. You've got the Super Bowl defending champions. You've got Arizona as long as they figure out what's going on with with their guy. You've got the 49ers who are on the up and up, and and people are are excited about. And then I feel like you're going to have a, a an egg at the bottom of that division now in in Seattle. So I mean, just for pure entertainment and the way that 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 division is going to roll. I mean, they're going to be there's going to be some some shootouts in that division. You're going to be seeing like 48-42 final scores. And I know, John, you're all about that. I love it. I think (laughs) Denver's defense is pretty good. So maybe maybe they can keep some of those scores down. But some of the other teams in that division – they need some help on defense. They certainly do. So I, I think that one's the the runaway, at least uh, looking forward to, to seeing their games the most, That the runaway favorite. And then one more football question. Calvin Ridley has been suspended a full season for betting on NFL games. Do you guys think 17 games is too harsh or too light? All this football news, and it's not no. even football. We're talking football. This season. is great. That's good. We're not talking baseball, that's for sure. <laughs> but... Um, I'm I'm of two thoughts on this one here. Um, I understand the league trying to protect its brand, protect its identity. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot bet on your own league if you're an athlete in that sport. Yeah, and we all know that betting is a multi-trillion-dollar industry. Yeah, and money talks. Leagues want a share of this money, and they need to protect their sport. However. In saying that, I think the NFL has faltered here because of its previous decisions on other suspensions. If you look at the history of suspensions in the NFL, and let me just bring this up because I wrote this down. So where do I start here? Let's start with the physical violence, Yeah, shall we? Let's go there. Ray Rice beat up his fiance, yeah. got two game suspension. Two. Ezekiel Elliott hit Not one, but two women got six games. Adrian Peterson, felony child abuse, six games. Greg Hardy beat up his girlfriend, 10 games reduced to four. Calvin Ridley 
bet on a game that he wasn't involved in because he was he took a mental health break. He wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. He bet on his own team. And what was it? 1,500, 15,000 on 1500, FanDuel? 1,500 yeah. on FanDuel. And he gets suspended 17 games. Mm-hmm. Like there's something wrong there. I understand that you got to protect your brand and protect your identity. But the NFL really looks bad because of its other history with regards to suspensions. Josh Gordon has been suspended <laughs> six seasons for smoking weed. Yeah. And these other guys who beat up their girlfriends and have this history of physical violence, yeah. they get to play in the same year. Yeah. Something's wrong there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, there's nothing there's nothing more to say. You're you're giving these guys who who should be in jail not even a full season. This guy gets a full season for now. This isn't he shouldn't have done it. That's but, the dumbest thing he's ever done in his life for sure. But come on, you, you can't. It, it, you're either now setting the principle, or you're just looking like a fool because of everything else that you've done before. So Calvin Ridley is the scapegoat for being dumb. And the NFL is sending a message to all the other players. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you're want to bet on your own games, then this is what you're going to have to deal with. Yeah. Just, I'm, I'm just, it's sad that the NFL wasn't stronger um, doling out penalties for the other infractions. For sure. You're, you're penalizing these guys, this guy more for being dumb than abusing women and children. Simply what you did. And now it's time for our play of the week. And we finally have a basketball play that takes the top prize. Adams going long. Moran. John Morant hits an amazing shot, catching a full court pass and shooting the ball in the same motion to beat the buzzer for a big basket for the Memphis Grizzlies. That was crazy. So you called it last week on last week's yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Before we even put the poll up, you called it. He had two more after that. <laughs> yes, he did. He had an epic dunk. I don't know much about this cat, but my goodness, he can play ball. Now, did you see how close it was, though, with the other votes? Oh, was it close? I just yeah. saw that. I saw we were winning. I figured that it was uh, your Strathroy Rockets that uh, jumped in uh, <laughs> at the end and were trying to sweep this one away. Like The other plays were pretty good. Lionel's yeah. dangle was yeah. pretty sweet. Real nice. The bicycle kick in soccer was second. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, It was fine? Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> That's not easy to do. <laughs> Brandon Ingram's half-court heave was more luck than skill. Yes, I think, uh, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. But the bicycle kick, come on. Man. When the, the I Nets, voted for Jean Moran. Easy, uh, easy. When the, yeah, when the Nets too. the size of the parking lot of a mini mall, it's a little bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that note, our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings. Quality that shows. And they can put an awning over a net if you want as well. <laughs> Remember, on Podcast FFC, on Twitter and Instagram is where you're going to find the videos. So on Monday, we'll post the four contestants, the videos for them as well. Like them, share them with your friends. Vote as well. And then we will reveal the winner on the uh, Wednesday show. Oh! 
And now it's time for rapid fire. We have a couple of listener questions to get to. As of this recording, we're still waiting for Major League Baseball to end the lockout and strike a deal with the players, but they're talking about some rule changes. Michael in Windsor wants to know, do you like the idea of getting rid of the shift? I hate it. I hate getting rid of the shift. I don't know why we have to alter the strategy of this game because all you guys produce for Major League Baseball is guys that are going to strike out or hit home runs. I, I don't understand. Hitting a baseball is likely in sports the hardest possible thing to do. The baseball's rig. bicycle kick. Got, yes. Oh, stop. <laughs> like a bicycle kick. <laughs> Listen, the shift, don't you think if they, they ban the shift that more players coming up would learn to spray the ball a little bit more? I, I think the complete opposite. Like, I just think if I'm a AAA player and I'm not the next, I'm not Spencer Torkelson, I'm not Riley Green, but I'm trying to make my way. If if you are a right-handed hitter, if you learned 70% of the time to hit between first and second base and just like Placido Polanco, just placing little dribbles from one side to the next and moving the ball around, that person is going to lead off for these these teams and likely make a ton of money playing baseball. I just don't like the strategy of this, that we're trying to take this part of the game away because I like the idea of moving guys around. I like the idea of, look, we're, we're trying to win the game here, right? If all you do, Joey, Joey Gallo, is hit fly balls, why can't I put a fourth person out there to get you out if that's all you're going to do. Now I can't because it's not fair because Joey doesn't have as much of a chance to get a hit anymore. Like it sounds like we're playing like 13U fastball here in Forest Glade <laughs> Park. No, no, no. I, and what I want to know is where these boundaries end up going because you've got a runner on first base with speed and you've got a left-handed hitter up. The shortstop is supposed to creep towards second base, so his move to second is quicker if there's a throwdown if the guy on first base tries to steal. Can he not do that now? Is there going to literally be like like buzzers in the ground that he, he can't go past this line or you can't shift this way or whatever? I, I just don't get it. I don't know why. We're, we're trying to create more offense. Offense is not driven just by hitting three-run home runs, but that's the way that baseball is played right now. And again, baseball stinks. Get rid of it. <laughs> well, they're trying. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. They're trying. Their they're trying their hardest. <laughs> I'm of two minds of this. I get what Matt's saying, but on the other hand, doesn't it look ridiculous when you turn on a baseball game and you're like, "Where's the third baseman? He is nowhere around third base." Like, is that the way baseball was originally conceived? That the guys who are manning the bases are nowhere near the bases that they're supposed to be protecting? You know, I just think people learn to hit home run, and it's because it's now a swing and a miss league mm-hmm. because of the shift. They're like, okay, since there's going to be four infielders on this side, I'm going to learn to hit the ball over the fence mm-hmm. instead of trying to spray the ball on the left. Because I hate the fact that baseball has become a swing and a miss league. I, I more so hate the fact that we're still talking about baseball when there may not be any games yeah. played. At there all. better not be a single question about baseball in this rapid fire after this for <laughs> shot. Not a single one. 
Well, funny you should say that because we have another listener question on baseball. <laughs> of course, John pulls that one out. <laughs> you can blame Jason and Ingersoll. <laughs> he okay. wonders if, if we like the new ideas for the pitch clock, 14 seconds without any runners on base or 19 seconds with runners on base. Do you guys like that idea? I am. Zero optimism that this will be enforced because isn't there a pitch clock right now? And I don't think it's enforced. Not really. Nope. There is for sure. But it's more so that, and the, the clock that you see used is between innings, the, trying to speed up from the last pitch to the first pitch of the inning. But yeah. I have zero optimism about it. If you if you want to do it this way, if you want to put a clock on it, that's great. But you got to get rid of all the other intricacies as well. And for me, for speeding up the game, that means when you step on into the batter's box, you're in the batter's box until the at-bat is over. When you step on the rubber, there's no stepping off and getting the signal again, and then the catcher comes running out to help you out. you got to get rid of that stuff too. And this has to be a hard line. Like, I don't know. I have not seen. If you guys have seen, let me know. But I know this is just kind of in its infancy. But what the penalty for this is, is this a ball? I haven't seen that. If they go past that, is it a ball? If it's a ball, then it's got to be a ball. If it's a three-one pitch, it's got to be a ball, and you literally just walked the guy. It's there's got to if you're going to enforce it, you have to be strict on it. There has to it, uh, have to take this out of the umpire's hands. This has to be like a score, a, a shot clock in basketball or a game, game clock in, in football. And I'm okay with it, but you've got to take out all the other stuff. The one that I uh, have been a proponent of that I really like the idea of, and I know that they've got it now and they've used it in minor league baseball, and it's it's kind of goofy, but the way that it's done is the, the, the pitch clock or the uh, pitch signal in the watch that now, like, the catcher is basically sending the pitcher the signal oh, through watch. like a watch or oh, something. Watch. I think if you want to speed the game up, the only time the catcher is allowed to go out to the pitcher and talk is when he's getting pulled. That's the only time. There's no other running out there and just double checking because he put down two fingers and no, 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 get get rid of all of it. If you want to move the game along, it's the intricacies. It's those little things. I watched a, a video uh, last night of Miguel Cabrera and one of his last at-bats of the season just because somebody posted it just because we wanted to watch baseball. It was great to see he had a blast in the right field that just went foul. Place was going nuts. Really excited. The second part of that that I watch is it's a two-minute and 19-second video, and three pitches were thrown in that time. There was nobody on base. It was a 4-4 game in the bottom of the eighth inning. That's terrible. Three pitches thrown. One was a ball. One was a, There were two balls because he walks, and one that he laced foul into right field. So we're talking about two minutes being 120-something seconds to throw three pitches. That's got to go. I agree. One of the things that I find maddening, and you touched on it, Matt, is the batter stepping out of the box and then adjusting the batting gloves, the Velcro. It's like, it's Velcro. It's done up. Leave it done up and stand in there and take the pitch. Like, it drives me insane. Yeah, that's where baseball slows down. Like the game itself moves pretty good. And if you were to put in the pitch clock there, that's fine. But it's the little things. It's the the pitcher stepping off the rubber, the infield meeting on where to position. Well, they won't have to do that anymore. You know, like it, it, those are the little things that you got to cut out to the make bat, this game faster. The batter getting the signal from the third or yeah. third base coach. Hit I mean, the ball. There's the signal. Sing- <laughs> every single pitch, yeah. right? Like, 
like the message is going to be different. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not. No. We have a hockey question from Katie in London. Since oh, good. CNA- no baseball anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's right. No uh, since- baseball questions until they settle this thing. <laughs> and then we'll have a whole new set of match rants. <laughs> since the NHL has announced the return of retro, uh, reverse retro jerseys, Katie wants to know which team jersey you're most looking forward to seeing. I don't know. I like that Canucks black jersey that I saw the other night. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was pretty good. There'd be a nice little twist to that for sure. For sure. I thought last year, I thought some of them were really cool. I thought yeah. some of them sucked. Yeah. And, and like, you know, first and foremost for me being a Wings fan, I thought the Wings fan was the, the one was terrible. It, it was just more red and or more white to, to emphasize the red. I think it doesn't even have to necessarily be like a reverse retro thing. I think you just get ultra creative. You know, like the Anaheim Ducks had the flying duck one that was on theirs. I think Vancouver could do something awesome. I want the New York Islanders to bring back the fish stick man. No, don't. <laughs> bring that one back somehow. No, Captain yep. Highliner? Never. Yep. Never these, want to see him uh, again. I think gaudy is God in this. I want to see some ugly jerseys. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I love the old Kings jerseys, the yep. purple and gold ones. Yep. I'd love to see something with that. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh, I thought the Colorado Avalanche did a great job yeah. with the Quebec Nordiques yeah. one last year. The Minnesota year. Wild one was my favorite because you kept the wild logo, but you went back to the North Stars colors, which I thought was fantastic. But I like that N. In the North Stars. Yeah. 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 So, somehow incorporate that. Yeah. I liked Montreal's blue jerseys. Yeah. That was cool. Right? Like that they reversed cool. the colors mm-hmm. on them because the logo's always mm-hmm. been the same. Carolina went with the Hartford Whalers. I like the Hartford yeah. Whalers. So, yeah. I like that well, one. Bring back the fish stick, man. No. <laughs> Don't. Okay. I have another one for you that's not a listener question. Did you guys see the new uh, Stanley Cup playoff logo the NHL introduced? They called it Fresh and Energetic. Yeah, it's. Uh, What'd you think? Fresh. I thought it was plain. I didn't think it. I don't like it. It's kind of meh. I think it's a little bit cleaner. I don't mind it. I there's not much to it, right? There's yeah. not much. There's yeah. not much that different. Like, yeah, but I don't think you mess with tradition there. That's they they advertise the cup as the hardest trophy to win in all of sports, yeah. right? Yeah. Let's not fool around with it. Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And we have another pump it or dump it suggestion about Avril Lavigne's new song. That's the new song from Avril Lavigne and Black Bear. It's called Love It When You Hate Me. The submission is from Michelle in Stratford. So, guys, what do you think? Pump it or dump it? Avril Lavigne is back. Yeah? She's opening her, her Canadian tour in Chatham. Opening in Chatham. What? Yeah, at the casino there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty small casino to open your tour on. It's Avril Lavigne. <laughs> Wasn't she big back in the day? She was. I went to an Avril Lavigne concert one time. What? <laughs> Did you really? Yes. Bent? A group 
a group of women that I wanted that I knew wanted a guy there to be there just in case, not realizing they were going to be surrounded by 12 year old girls. So who did they <laughs> <So> bring? <laughs> they brought me and I was the tallest guy in the crowd by about a foot and a half. It was really embarrassing. <laughs> so would you go back? <laughs> Actually, she was pretty good. I got to say she was. Um, yeah, she was good energy because it was in Kingston, which is near her hometown of Napanee. And yeah. she put on a pretty good show, actually. She uh, tried drumming, which she admitted she wasn't the best at. She played piano. She played guitar. It was it was fun, actually. Did <laughs> you look not. like did you look like Ben hanging out with Mahogany and her friends <laughs> in that scenario? <laughs> I absolutely did. It was OK. Awful. okay. Is this another 90 now we can, well, we're just we're just trying to bring it back to the core oh listener so that they can identify what that would have looked like. Do you guys like, like this song or not? Michelle. <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> Sorry, we got off track again. I like it. I think it's fun, actually. I'm glad she's back. I've learned something new. John Rashad is a huge Avril Lavigne fan. Avril fan, yeah. (laughs) Well, fun fact. I don't know if I told you this before. (laughs) I'm kidding. I think I've mentioned it on this show before, too. What? Come on. Spill the beans for those people who haven't heard the earlier episode. <laughs> um, a girl that I dated in high school, her sister was friends with Avril Lavigne. So Avril Lavigne went to the same high school I did. Oh, okay. I don't think you ever told us this story. Not at the same time, though, right? Because you went to high school in, what, 1954? <laughs> <laughs> did you go to school with Avril's dad? <laughs> No wonder you like this song. <laughs> You're a family that, friend. <laughs> it takes me back to yesteryear. It reminds oh me God. of my granddaughter. <laughs> I don't like this song. Do you like this song? I, I feel like I'm going to hear it enough. I think Ev's going to like it, but I think it's junk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two 90s based rock songs in two weeks back in a back. row. Right? I know. We got to get back to Is to this some coming back? Is like. It's they got to do something. Rock and roll has been dead for centuries now. It seems this type of we need more of that uh, fancy like guy. Where is he at? He got any more new new songs? Not country. Oh no, (laughs) we're gonna be inundated with country songs now. (laughs) Let us know if you think that you have the next pump it song. We're getting tired of these dump it songs. (laughs) Some of these songs, some of these songs that you guys are listening to really stink, Kiefer. <laughs> hey, we've had some fantastic guests on the show as well. Go back and have a listen. Mike Fuda, Perry Wilson, Jaden Lindo, Jamie Campbell, just to name a few. You can send us your questions, comments, and topic suggestions by email at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. And remember to follow us on social media where the debate continues. There's always great content on a podcast, FFC, on Twitter and Instagram, and for future considerations on the book face. That's right. If you want Matt to lose his mind, comment on some baseball for him. He loves it. Send some more baseball questions. Let's let's talk baseball. I want to hear Matt lose his mind again. How are we going to fix baseball that's not playing? (laughs) (laughs) We want to thank our sponsors on this episode. London Awnings, Quality That Shows. And Shane Topolovic, also as absent as baseball. (laughs) And Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. Where is he? He said he was coming over. (laughs) Guy. (laughs) 
Unbelievable. Stay tuned. We promise we will have a second episode this week. It's coming out on Friday. We like to call the episode the OT. If you're a huge hockey fan, a huge fan of the OHL, then you don't want to miss this because back in the day, there was no one better than Aaron Franson. And he is joining us on the show later this week. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later this week on the next edition of Four Future Considerations. Bye for now. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.